We're going to switch gears right now, though, and get back to the uh, Canada-China file, something we've talked about uh, on this show quite a bit. I think it's important, uh, so we'll continue to talk about it. It's bad. Uh, I think it's not a good situation. The way that our country and other countries, but specifically Canada, is treated by the Chinese government uh, just isn't right. And we seem utterly impotent and even unwilling to push back in any meaningful way. Uh, You may remember last week we talked about the Liberal government threatening to pull funding from a very prestigious Canadian-hosted international security forum. Why were they pulling the funding? Well, because the organizers of the forum were planning to honour the President of Taiwan, and that would upset the Chinese government. Sad but true. That's the reasoning to this. Now, there are some growing calls uh, for Canada to change direction on this China-Taiwan situation. And joining us now, one of the people lending their voice to this call. Uh, We have Hugh Stevens with us. Uh, Hugh is an Asia-Pacific Forum fellow and former head of Canada's trade office in Taiwan, so intimately familiar with this file. Um, Good morning, Mr. Stevens. Thanks for joining us today. Good morning, Shay. Thank you for inviting me on. Yeah, why don't we just get the lay of the land here? I think we hear a lot about this China-Taiwan situation, but uh, let's just get a bit of the background, the history. Canada does not recognize Taiwan as an independent nation right now, and we we haven't for decades, right? But how did we get to this situation involving China and Taiwan and, and Canada and the rest of the international community? Well, it all goes back into history, as you say. Canada uh, used to have relations with what was called the Republic of China, the uh, the nationalist regime that governed China, um, uh, you know, from 1910 roughly until uh, 1950. Um, and then, as as anybody who's a student of history knows, there was a civil war in China. The nationalist regime fled to uh, to Taiwan, and the communists took over uh, in 1949. And for a long period of time, Canada continued to recognize the government on Taiwan as the government of all of China. Uh, That didn't make a lot of sense, since uh, uh, the communist regime in Beijing controlled about 95 or more of of China, you know, the world's largest country, etc., etc. So finally, in 1970, I guess uh, reality uh, asserted itself, and Canada established relations with China. The stumbling block was then, and and had been for many countries, the issue of Taiwan. Uh, At that time, the government on Taiwan said it represented all of China. The government in Beijing said it represented all of China, both of which included Taiwan. So the compromise was that uh, Canada recognized uh, the regime, the government in Beijing, as the government of China um, without specifically specifying what that included. And China said, as far as we're concerned, China includes Taiwan. Right. Uh, Canada acknowledged, actually, Canada did not acknowledge, Canada Canada took note of that position. Um, And uh, in other words, it did not accept it, it did not uh, challenge it, and that's been a situation ever since. And so uh, the relationship with, uh, with the government on Taiwan was broken off when we switched to, uh, to Beijing. Uh, and for a couple of decades, there was really almost no contact with the people on Taiwan who continued to uh, operate, initially claiming they, uh, they represented all of China. That evolved. Taiwan has changed over the years. Taiwan uh, gave up those claims long ago. They've since uh, become a more demo- a much more democratic country. They've had elections. They've changed. Governments have changed and so forth. And uh, Canada, like most countries, has been able to find a way to maintain contact with Taiwan, to have relations, short of full formal diplomatic relations, which would uh, uh, contravene our, uh, our, our agreement with Beijing. So that's the kind of situation where we stand now. We have uh, substantial but non-diplomatic relations with the people on Taiwan. 
What is the China-Taiwan situation? Does China have legitimate claims to uh, what they're saying, that Taiwan is part of China and that's the way it is, and Taiwan's saying, no, we aren't? Who, who's, who's in the moral high ground here? Well, again, it depends on who you talk to. Um, you know, for many years during the, the days of the Chinese Empire, uh, there's no question that the Chinese Empire had some sort of loose claim over over Taiwan, over at least at least over the coastal areas, much as it did over Tibet and parts of Mongolia and so forth. That uh, it was kind of a loose control. Um, a lot of the people on Taiwan, in fact, most of them, um, originally came from uh, the coastal regions of China and settled there. There is actually an Aboriginal population in Taiwan that is non-Chinese, which still exists, uh, but it's uh, it's a small part of the population. Um, and then, of course, uh, as as, uh, as as events took place, there was a war between China and Japan in the late 19th century. Part of the uh, prize of of war was the island of Taiwan, so it became a Japanese colony and was Japanese for 50 years. And it was only after the Second World War that uh, it was restored uh, to China. So it's been there's been an ongoing relationship back and forth. Many people on Taiwan, um, well, are certainly ethnically Chinese. Do they regard them? themselves as Chinese, it's hard to say. Um, it's, it's been changing. When the, uh, the nationalist regime first fled to Taiwan in 1949-1950, of course, uh, they asserted that they were Chinese, that they were continuing the struggle and so forth. Um, the, the, the native Taiwanese, if you like, were kind of regarded with suspicion. They'd been seen as uh, collaborating with the Japanese, etc., etc. In fact, the former uh, president of Taiwan, uh, Li Donghui, actually served in the Japanese uh, Navy during the war as uh, you know he did, he had grown up under the Japanese so now the situation is changing many many Taiwanese regard themselves as Taiwanese first maybe as Chinese second or, or some not as Chinese at all but you know there's some who still yeah. regard themselves as part of the greater Chinese mainland so it's uh, it's a very varied situation but I think the, the, the main trend is that increasingly Taiwanese are becoming more assertive and uh, want to be able to be able to run their own country, their own uh, regime without interference. Isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all? To feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Parents from Beijing. So, as you said, Canada has sort of tried to find, you know, a spot where they can please both of these countries, and most of the international community has, um, doing what they can with Taiwan without going too far. Um, wh- is it working, and what should we be doing differently? Well, um Again, it's uh, it, it's changed as as China has changed. Uh, so as I mentioned, Canada had very little contact with Taiwan 
for the first 15 or 20 years after we established relations with Beijing. But gradually, we awoke to the possibilities, the importance for Canada of having relations. Uh, a lot of immigrants came from Taiwan. Taiwan was a very dynamic uh, uh, economic uh, powerhouse, really, very important supply chains, production of uh, semiconductor chips and so forth. And so we established, uh, we established a trade office there, which performs most of the functions of an embassy, frankly, as, as have many other countries. And so we've continued to, to have that relationship. Um, and initially, the relations between China and ta ta Taiwan actually had, uh, you know, bigger reserves than China back in the 90s. But we've seen what's happened with China mm -hmm. over the last 20 years. It's emerged to become an absolute massive economic powerhouse. So the growth of the Chinese economy has overshadowed Taiwan. Taiwan is not insignificant. It has 23 or 24 million people, about the same number of people as Australia. But compared to China, of course, it's, uh, it, it, it's quite tiny. Um, Taiwan and China have had their ongoing difficulties back and forth and in periods of gradual warming, and then they've gone into a cooler period. It depends on who the government in Taiwan has been. But Taiwan and China formed their own trade agreement. Uh, at one point, there was no contact across the straits. Basically, you couldn't get there from here. If you wanted to fly from Taiwan to China, you had to go through Hong Kong. There are now direct flights, all kinds of contacts. There's a trade agreement. Uh, but that's cooled in the last few years as the government of Taiwan uh, has been uh, uh, the elected government is now the, the, the Democratic People's uh, Party, Democratic Progressive Party. So um, they are less in favor of eventual reunification with China. And China itself has become much more aggressive and self-assertive, as we know. And this has been reflected in its relationships with Taiwan, as well as its relationships with other neighbors in, in the South China Seas and indeed with Canada and the U.S. and so on. So, um, you know, I mean, Canada, we could do this alone, uh, but obviously it would be much easier if we had the rest of the international community sort of walking in lockstep with us. Is there a, a global movement to sort of change the dynamic there? Um, I, don't, I don't think there is a global movement. You have to look at each country individually in terms of their relationships with Taiwan. I mean, the two countries that are of the most significance and most importance to Taiwan, other than China, of course, are uh, Japan and the United States. Mm -hmm. Uh, the United States was the traditional guarantor, uh, de facto guarantor of Taiwanese uh, sovereignty. Um, at one point, there were uh, even, you know, U.S. Uh, uh, forces stationed in Taiwan. That's all changed, of course, but the U.S. really provides a security umbrella to Taiwan. Japan has been very close to Taiwan because of the history that I mentioned and also because of geographic proximity. So there's a lot of contact between Japan and the United States. Uh, sorry, Japan. Japan and, Ta uh, and Taiwan, and so there's been more um, uh, there's been more scope really to develop relations between those countries. Mm -hmm. Other countries have uh, have done it in their own way. Some countries have gone further than Canada. New Zealand, for example, has a free trade agreement with Taiwan. It also has one with China. Canada has one with neither. Uh, so they have been able to develop their relationships. Um, but there's been no sort of coordinated response other than the fact that virtually every country, every major country in the world does not have diplomatic relations with Taiwan and has maintained this sort of unofficial people 
people to people relationship but the interpretation of that is dependent on a country by country basis right. whether in fact it includes uh, the senior rep- senior government representatives or senior officials traveling on a quote unquote personal basis uh, the extent to which uh, Taiwanese uh, diplomats in their host country are allowed to act and interact with people and so forth so it it, it depends it's 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 been quite varied and ultimately you would like to see Canada move more in that direction of establishing uh, actual you know official ties uh, I no, I, I, I think that's a mischaracterization. What I would like to see, and I, I was I was head of the office, but it was a very long time ago. Many people have, have have filled that function since. What I would like to do is 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 for Canada to um, develop its relationships, its non diplomatic relationships with Taiwan to the to a much fuller extent. Um, it, there's no hard and fast rule on this as a matter of, uh, of self-interpretation, as a matter of common sense. The Chinese are going to object to practically everything that anybody does. And uh, I think what's happened in the case of Canada is that we've been overly deferential and worried about how China might react in terms of where we might go. Now, of course, it's not that we've done nothing. As I mentioned, we have a very active trade office and active representation in Taiwan. There's been a lot of immigration, a lot of cultural exchange. Some of the provincial government have trade offices in Taiwan, so it's not like we've done nothing. Uh, we, but, I, you know, we have also been very careful, very cautious, and uh, I don't think it would serve Taiwan's interests, I don't think it would serve Canada's interests to suddenly break the consensus and say, well, we're going to recognize Taiwan. If we did that, we, we're, we are basically saying that we have to break off relationships with China, mm-hmm, and I don't right. think anybody wants to do that. But, on the other hand, we have been very careful, very cautious, um, very deferential, and I think that within the confines of the policy, which is well established, we could be doing a lot more. Okay. Hugh, I appreciate your time this morning. Unfortunately, we are out of time. I've got to let you go, but uh, thanks so much for giving us a little insight on that whole situation. Great You're stuff. very welcome, Shay. Thank you very much, Hugh. Thanks. That is Hugh Stevens giving us some insight on what's going on with the Taiwan and China and how Canada fits into all of that.